Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and I've got some exciting news for you. This podcast has done extremely well for the past five years, and we've had a number of requests to do two episodes a week instead of one. So we're adding Wednesday nights to our collection, and now you'll have two great short stories each week, Wednesdays and Sundays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. When we get going, be sure to send us a good review mentioning the Wednesday episodes. Our mission to bring enjoyable classic literature to everyone is working very well, and all thanks to you. Thanks for being great fans of our show, and please share us with everyone you know. Thank you. The first of our two stories today is called A Little Tiny Thing. The author is anonymous. You can find it in A Christmas Hamper, a volume of pictures and stories for little folks, published in 1889 by T. Nelson & Sons, containing stories from various unattributed authors. This story is a lesson about treating ants and other small things with kindness. Out in the garden, Mary sat hemming a pocket handkerchief, and there came a little insect running, oh, in such a hurry, across the small stone table by her side. The sewing was not done, for Mary liked doing nothing best, and she thought it would be fun to drop her thimble over the little ant. "'Now he's in the dark,' said she. "'Can he mind? 
"'He's only such a little tiny thing.' "'Mary ran away, for her mother called her, "'and she forgot all about the ant under the thimble. "'There he was, running round and round and round the dark prison, "'with little horns on his head quivering, "'little perfect legs bending as beautifully as those of a racehorse, "'and he was in quite as big a fright as if he were an elephant. "'Oh!' you would have heard him say, "'if you had been clever enough. "'I can't get out! "'I can't get out! "'I shall lie down and die!' "'Mary went to bed, and in the night the rain poured. "'The handkerchief was soaked as if somebody had been crying very much "'when she went out to fetch it as soon as the sun shone. "'She remembered who was under the thimble. "'I wonder what he's doing,' said Mary. "'But when she lifted up the thimble, "'the little tiny thing lay stiff and still. "'Oh, did he die of being under the thimble?' she said aloud. "'I'm afraid he did mind.' "'Why did you do that, Mary?' said her father, who was close by, and who had guessed the truth. See? He moves one of his legs. Run to the house and fetch a wee taste of honey from the breakfast table for the little thing you starved. I I didn't mean to, said Mary. She touched the honey in the spoon with a blade of grass and tenderly put a drop of it before the little ant. He put out a fairy tongue to lick up the sweet stuff. He grew well and stood upon his pretty little jointed feet. "'He tried to run. "'Where is he in such a hurry to go, do you think?' said father. "'I don't know,' said Mary softly. "'She felt ashamed. "'He wants to run home,' said father. "'I know where he lives, in a little round world of ants, under the apple tree. "'Oh, has such a tiny little thing a real home of his own? "'I should have thought he lived just anywhere about. "'Why, he wouldn't like that at all.' At home he has a fine palace, with passages and rooms more than you can count. He and the others dug them out, that they all might live together like little people in a little town. And has he got a wife and children? A lot of little ants at home? The baby ants are born as eggs. They are little helpless things, and must be carried about by their big relations. There are father ants and mother ants, and lots of other ants who are nurses to the little ones. Nobody knows his own children. "'but all the grown-up ones are kind to all the babies. "'This is a little nurse aunt. "'See how she hurries off? "'Her babies at home must have their faces washed.' "'Oh, father!' cried Mary. "'Now that is a fairy story.' "'Not a bit of it,' said father. "'Ants really do clean their young ones by licking them. "'On sunny days they carry their babies out "'and let them lie in the sun. "'On cold days they take them downstairs, "'away from the cold wind and the rain. "'The worker ants are the nurses.' "'Though the little ones are not theirs, "'they love them and care for them as dearly as if they were. "'Why, that's just like Aunt Jenny, who lives with us, "'and mends our things, and puts Baby to bed, "'and goes out for walks with us.' "'Just the same,' said Father, laughing. "'Is that the reason we say Aunt Jenny?' (laughs) "'No, who taught you to spell? "'But it's not a bad idea, all the same. "'It would be a good thing if there were as many... "'Aunt Jenny's in this big round world of ours "'as there are in the ant's little round world. "'Folks who care for all, "'no matter whose children they are.' "'While they were talking, "'the little ant crept to the edge of the table "'and down the side, "'and was soon lost among the blades of grass. "'You'll never find his way,' said Mary. "'Let him alone for that,' said Father. "'The ants have paths leading from their hill. "'They never lose their way, "'but they meet with sad accidents sometimes.' "'What do you think I saw the other day? "'One of these small chaps, it may have been this very one, 
was carrying home a scrap of something in his jaws for the youngsters at home. As he ran along, a bird dropped an ivy berry on him. Poor mite of a thing. This was worse than if a cannonball were to fall from the sky on one of us. He lay under it, not able to move. By and by one of his brother ants, who was taking a stroll, caught sight of him under the berry. "'What did he do?' said Mary. First he tried to push the berry off his friend's body, but it was too heavy. Next he caught hold of one of his friend's legs with his jaws, and tugged it till I thought it would come off. Then he rushed about in a frantic state, as if he were saying to himself, "'What shall I do? What shall I do?' And then he ran off up the path. In another minute he came hurrying back with three other ants. "'Is that true, father?' "'Quite true.' The four ants talked together by gentle touches of their horns. They looked as if they were telling one another what a dreadful accident it was, and how nobody knew whose turn would come next. After this they set to work with a will. Two of them pushed the berry as hard as they could, while the other two pulled their friend out by the hind legs. When at last he was free, they crowded round as if petting and kissing him. You see, these little ant folk have found out that "'Tis love, love, love that makes the world go round.' I shouldn't wonder if that aunt you teased so thoughtlessly has gone off to tell the news at home that there is a drop of honey to be had here. Oh, he couldn't, Father. Let's wait and see, said Father. In a little while, back came the aunt with a troop of friends. He has been home and told them the good news about the honey, said Father. Do you think that all children are as kind as that? Mary said, No, they're not. I don't run to call all the others when I find a good place for blackberries. Then, said Father, don't be unkind to the ant, who is kinder than you, though he is only a tiny little thing, just like you said. We'll return with the second story right after these sponsor messages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, our second story. Our second story today is by James Baldwin and called Androclus and the Lion. 
In Rome there was once a poor slave whose name was Androclus. His master was a cruel man, and so unkind to him that at last Androclus ran away. He hid himself in a wild woods for many days, but there was no food to be found, and he grew so weak and sick that he thought he should die. So one day he crept into a cave and lay down, and soon he was fast asleep. After a while a great noise woke him up. A lion had come into the cave and was roaring loudly. Androclus was very much afraid, for he felt sure that the beast would kill him. Soon, however, he showed that the lion was not angry, but that he limped as though his foot hurt him. Then Androclus grew so bold that he took hold of the lion's lame paw to see what was the matter. The lion stood quite still and rubbed his head against the man's shoulder. He seemed to say, I know that you will help me. Androclus lifted the paw from the ground and saw that it was a long, sharp thorn which hurt the lion so much. He took the end of the thorn in his fingers, then he gave a strong, quick pull, and out it came. The lion was full of joy. He jumped about like a dog and licked the hands and feet of his new friend. Androclus was not at all afraid after this, and when night came, he and the lion lay down and slept side by side. For a long time, the lion brought food to Androclus every day, and the two became such good friends that Androclus found his new life a very happy one. One day, some soldiers who were passing through the woods found Androclus in the cave. They knew who he was, and so took him back to Rome. It was the law at that time that every slave who ran away from his master should be made to fight a hungry lion. So a fierce lion was shut up for a while without food, and a time was set for the fight. When the day came, thousands of people crowded to see the sport. They went to such places at that time, very much as people nowadays go to see a circus show or a game of baseball. The door opened, and poor Androclus was brought in. He was almost dead with fear, for the roars of the lion could already be heard. He looked up and saw that there was no pity in the thousands of faces around him. They were there for the entertainment, and they didn't care whether he lived or died. Then the hungry lion rushed in. With a single bound he reached the poor slave. Androclus gave a great cry, not of fear, but of gladness. It was his old friend, the lion of the cave. The people, who had expected to see the man killed by the lion, were filled with wonder. They saw Androclus put his arms around the lion's neck. They saw the lion lie down at his feet and lick them lovingly. They saw the great beast rub his head against the slave's face as though he wanted to be petted. They could not understand what it all meant. After a while, they asked Androclus to tell them about it. So he stood up before them, and, with his arm around the lion's neck, told how he and the beast had lived together in the cave. "'I am a man,' he said, "'but no man has ever befriended me. "'This poor lion alone has been kind to me, "'and we love each other as brothers.' "'The people were not so bad "'that they could be cruel to the poor slave now. "'Live and be free!' they cried. "'Live and be free!' "'Others cried, "'Let the lion go free too. "'Give both of them their liberty.' "'And so Androclus was set free, "'and the lion was given to him for his own, "'and they lived together in Rome for many years.' Hi everyone, this is your host, John Hagedorn. We greatly appreciate reviews, and we need reviews out there to encourage people to give us a try. The most reviews come from Apple listeners, so if you're an Apple listener and you can take a few minutes to show appreciation for our stories, we would appreciate that greatly. We also appreciate your sharing our stories with others. Stay safe.
and we'll be back soon. Yes, world from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went, and I'm Rick Schwartz, and we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. 
Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.